Good morning. morning. Welcome to the hope. Woohoo! Oh, it already says that. I don't know why I said it again. Well, I'm Pastor Norm. If uh, you haven't met me yet, uh, I'm one of the pastors here, and I have the privilege of speaking again this Sunday. Woohoo! So, what is today? No, it's Holy Spirit Part 5. <laughs> nah, you were right. It's Pentecost Sunday. <laughs> Sneaky. Like I said, I'm so glad that I am a part of a Pentecostal church. And here's the thing, and I'm just going to say this up front because uh, whenever it seems like, whenever we speak about the Holy Spirit. All hell breaks out against us. And it has been a week, let me tell you. Uh, last night, very restless night, I got about that much sleep. And I'm just like, all right, Lord. Got up early today because I didn't have a message yet. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, Lord. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I'm telling you what, I'm leaning into him today. And our prayer has been, Lord, unless you show up, we all labor in vain. I wanted to ask before I jump into the message, though, how many actually took time by a raised hand to look at Luke 11 last week? All right. One of you, two of you, three of you, four or five of you. God bless you. Because it really does help, I think, lay the foundation of what I'm talking about today. God the Father gives us this invitation to ask for the Holy Spirit and all that that means. And we're going to get into this a lot more over the next several weeks. But I, I wanted, today we're laying a foundation uh, on what it means to be Pentecostal. So Pentecost is the word that we use to symbolize that day when the Holy Spirit landed on 120 faithful people in the upper room. And we shared this last week. I went into a little bit more detail. I'm not going to go into this today because I don't have the time. But I just want you to know this is our jump-off point, all right? The outpouring of the Holy Spirit was exactly 50 days after Jesus was resurrected from the grave. So Pentecost means what? 50. It's pretty, pretty nifty, isn't it? Who knew that? You just thought it meant they spoke in tongues, right? No, it means 50. 50 days. So that outpouring, as the video showed, brought a newness of life. Old things passed away. The new things had come. God was doing something different than he had done up to that point in history. Prior to Jesus, his people had to go through a high priest. And then Jesus came as our high priest. He suffered. He was crucified. He was buried. But the grave couldn't hold him. And on the third day, amen, on the third day, he rose from the dead. And the, the Bible says he is now our high priest. And where the, the people used to have to go once a year, at least, to sacrifice for their sins, now Jesus did that once and forever, never to have to be done again. So I'm so thankful you're not hearing mooing going on right now. Because the next step wouldn't be pretty. For those of you gory people, you're like, oh, man, I'm not into gore. Not only did it bring newness of life, but the Holy Spirit, or that outpouring, also brought an infusion of God into his people, something that couldn't be done prior to this. In fact, Peter made it clear that this was the same thing that Joel had prophesied in Joel 2.28. That I will pour out my spirit, says the Lord, upon all people. 
Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days I will pour out my spirit even on the servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. So this event was told about long before Jesus ever came, long before the 120 met in that upper room. God had a plan. Look at your neighbor and say, God had a plan. Now I wanted to point out, for those who feel the Holy Spirit baptism and the gifts were specifically for that first century church, or more specifically, they ended with the apostolic age. But that's not what Peter said. In fact, in Acts 2, and I wanted to read this, 38 and 39, Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. What is that? Salvation. That's, being, that's when you become born again. That's one of the first requirements, or it is the first requirement. You must be born again. And, he said, you will receive what? The gift of the Holy Spirit. Did it end there? Read the next verse. The promise, God's promise, is for you and your children and for all who are, say it with me, far off. Now look at your neighbor and say, we're the far off. And then it, he concludes, for all whom the Lord our God will call. It didn't end with the apostles. In fact, it won't end until the church is taken up. Hallelujah. I'm excited about that. So the early church repented. They were baptized in water and then they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. It doesn't always go that way. Sometimes it can be born again, baptized in the Spirit, then baptized in water. It doesn't always have to go that way. But you have to be born again first for the rest of it to come. All right? I hope I'm making sense. When you become born again, you receive the Holy Spirit. He lives in you. Jesus and the disciples said it is a seal. It is a promise of future things to come. We're not in our glorified bodies yet. Someday we're going to be. So the Holy Spirit is, is a promise, a seal saying, look, the day's coming when you're going to be in that glorified body, but until then, here, I'm leaving this with you, the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, He comes upon you and He fills you to overflowing. Jesus said this, He said, you will have rivers of living waters flowing out of you. How many have the rivers? Oh yeah. few of you. All right. So we believe that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a second step and does not take place at one's rebirth. If it did, hear this, the apostles would have had to have gone into the upper room to wait. They were already believers before that event happened. Surely Jesus led them to himself prior to this, right? Remember when he breathed into them? Surely they were already saved. So why did they have to wait in the upper room? Because there was something still missing. They had the Spirit in them, but He was not upon them yet. And that's what they had to go after in that upper room. How many people want all that God has for you? Do you really? Let me ask that again. How many people in this room want all that God has for you? I'm leading you into a trap. You know me if you've been here any length of time at all. What are the gifts for? Why does God fill us? For what? So, so that we can go and play golf? Not, nothing if you're a golfer. I could have said fishing. 
or horseback riding or anything that you do. There's nothing wrong with that stuff. But what I'm saying is this. If that's all we're doing, why do we need the Holy Spirit? Hello? We're expected to do something that we can't do on our own. What is that? Reach the lost. You can't reach them. You can't do it on your own. How many have family members who don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? How many in this room aren't saved yet? Don't raise your hand. The Holy Spirit was sent for a reason. First of all, first and foremost, He is our counselor. He is our helper. I love one guy, actually, actually it was Joyce Meyer. She looked this up in the, I think it was the 19, no, the 1810 version of the dictionary, which was written by, uh, help me, who? Webster, yeah, him, the original. And, and she quoted the definition for helper. Oh my. And what she said was, she said, when he wrote that, he wrote it from Scripture. Amazing. And you can still get it, I guess, if, if you're inclined to do that. But the things that it talked about, helping somebody plow their field. We don't do that anymore. I've, I've helped people bail hay before. Don't ask me to do it. It was a bad ending. The whole wagon tipped over because we didn't stack it right. Help mowing the lawn. Help doing the dishes. A gazillion things were listed there. And, and the point is, that's the Holy Spirit. He's not going to do your dishes. All right? As much as we'd like Him to. But He will help us with those things we can't do on our own. Like get through a, a, a traumatic situation in our life. Whatever that looks like for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. When I think of what it means for me to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, I think of the dunamis, the dynamite, the power of God. And when we partner with the Holy Spirit, He becomes our helper in so many ways. We're empowered to be Jesus' witnesses. And we've, we've talked about that. I went into a lot of detail a couple weeks ago. But there's so much more. He's able to help us in places that we can't help ourselves. You and I, we have the human side pretty well covered, right? Our intellect. The soul man, if you will. But the spirit, the spiritual side of things, I think we need help. I know I do. Maybe you don't. Maybe you got all this together. But as for me, I need God's help. More every day, to be honest. Robert Morris, he, he points out in one of his videos, he, he said, we can pray in the human sense, that is with our, our uh, intellect or our soul man, if you will, or we can pray in the Spirit. And, and I like to capitalize that. We can pray in the Spirit. Capital S. Let me ask you this. The difference between you praying in your own intellect from the, the knowledge that you have compared to praying in the Spirit, the knowledge that God has and is able to bring into that prayer, which prayer do you think would be more effective? I'm just curious. How many are leaning toward the man, the intellect of man? Anybody? No, no. That doesn't even make sense. The Spirit knows what to pray. Now, I, I've never read this before, and I actually found it just before I came out here when we were at prayer this morning. And this is the, the Passion Translation, Romans 8.26. It says, And in a similar way, the Holy Spirit 
takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. You still with me? For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for. But the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf. That's a pretty cool word. How many need a super intercessor? Intercessor, <laughs> I can't say it. <laughs> Pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. And then verse 27, God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings, yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. You need to look that one up again in the Passion Translation. Romans 8, 26 and 27. I'm going to stop there with that. But here's what I want you to get. The Holy Spirit helps us pray. Now you can send all the prayers up that you want. And the Lord will probably hear a lot of it. But when you line up with His Holy Spirit... You're going to be a whole lot more successful in your spiritual warfare. If you want to see results in your life, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Let me start with uh, 1 Corinthians 14.2. This is a, a passage. I know you've read this, and we're actually going to go into more of a detail in a few weeks, but right now I just want you to grab hold of this idea. The Apostle Paul said, if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God, since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. Now what I want to point out here is, he was addressing an unruliness in the church. The people were speaking in tongues like when the minister was up trying to minister with the Word of God, which is really important. There were people in the front row, as I understand it, who were belting out in tongues. Well, what do you think that did? People were like, whoa, <laughs> what's that? They were distracted. The focus was taken off of God and put on people. But listen to what Paul isn't saying. He isn't saying don't speak in tongues. In fact, let's break this down just briefly here. I want you to see this. Tongues, say this with me, tongues is talking to God. You get that? Second part of this is tongues is speaking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Hello? Y'all stopped right there and went, huh? You want the power? What do you need to do? I think it's pretty clear. That's what I see Paul saying. Now the mystery here is the fact that we don't know what is being said when we speak in tongues. But you can ask for the interpretation. And he actually goes into that a little bit more. Now, I want you to see this next part. The Apostle Paul wasn't saying don't speak in tongues. In fact, in verse 18, he said this. He said, I thank God that I, Paul, speak in tongues more than any of you. So what does that tell us? Did Paul speak in tongues? Did he encourage us to speak in tongues? Yes. All right, let's, let's keep going here. I'm going to go back to verse 14. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I am saying. Well then, what shall I do? I will pray in the spirit, and I will also pray in words I understand. I will sing in the spirit, and I will also sing in words I understand. Let me give you an example. When we meet in the prayer room back there, whether it's Wednesday or Sunday morning, a lot of times I'll hear people speaking in tongues in their prayer language, 
But then they speak in English so that we can agree. Because if you don't know what the person is saying, how can you agree? How can you say amen? Right? So you need both. How many have sang in the Spirit before? And many of you, I heard this morning, you sang with your understanding. You sang in English. It's a beautiful thing when you partner, or a better word is when you cooperate with the Holy Spirit. And that's what God wants with us. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. He takes up residence in us. And when we begin to live our lives the way He wants us to live, wow, what can't be done? What does the Holy Spirit do besides help us with our prayer time? Oh, I forgot. There's one other part I wanted to point out. Almost forgot this part. You all are familiar with the armor of God, right? Did you realize the last thing that Paul says to do? In the what? In the what? (laughs) Can't get no clearer than that. Well, maybe it could, but... All right, I want to take a closer look at what happened in the book of Acts. That's just one thing that the Holy Spirit does for us. He helps us pray. And our prayers are more effective. Say, more effective. When you're praying according to God's will, it's going to be more effective. All right? As I said, we're going to go through a lot more of this. I don't want anybody to fall over. I'm grabbing a Bible. I haven't pulled one of these out in a while. So, I wanted to briefly go through some of the areas in the the book of Acts where the people are filled with the Holy Spirit, just to show you what happens. And one of the areas I wanted to look at was, and we already looked at Acts uh, 2.38, where Peter already said, all right, um, what did he say? Repent, be baptized, and the Holy Spirit will be given to you. All right, so we've already got that out of the way. In the book of Acts, there's some amazing things happening. One of the things that's happening is, and we don't see this a lot today, but maybe we should see more of it, exorcisms. Now, nobody's going to run around looking for demons. But, Sometimes it's obvious there's a demon in somebody. And when that happens, you have, if you're a born-again, spirit-filled believer, the authority to tell that spirit to leave. We don't like the thought of this, but in a lot of the other countries, like the continent of Africa, South America, this happens way more than you will ever see it here. And I often wonder sometimes if We shouldn't be exercising this gift more. But here's the thing. Philip saw great miracles. People were, they heard the word, they were born again, they were baptized, and it stopped there. And this is what happened. I want to start with uh, verse 16. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. These are the ones that were just born again. He had not come come upon them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 17, Then Peter and John, who had just come into town, the the big shots, the big guns, the apostles, they came into town and... They laid their hands upon these believers and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, this doesn't specifically say that they spoke in tongues. So how do I know it happened? 
In the very next verse it says, when Simon, and by the way, Simon was an interesting character. He was actually a magician of sorts. Some claim he could levitate. If you've ever seen some of our modern uh, magicians, a lot of, or illusionists, whatever they call themselves, many of them can levitate. And it's, it's trickery. He was really good at it. And he had earned himself quite the reputation in this town. And then he started watching as Peter and John laid hands on the sick and they recovered. And then he saw this. He saw them filled with the Holy Spirit. How do you see someone filled with the Holy Spirit? With the evidence. What evidence? Listen to what it says. It says, when Simon saw that the Spirit was given, when the apostles laid their hands on people, he offered them money to buy it. What did he see? He saw the people filled with with the Holy Spirit, they were baptized with the evidence of speaking in a language they did not learn. One man calls it the pure language. And I believe it is. It's, it's a heavenly language of some sort. And this man wanted it. He wanted it so bad he wanted to buy it. See, in his heart, he messed up. Some say he was born again. He was saved when he said this. But he still didn't understand it. He wanted to buy it like he bought some of his other illusions. Only this wasn't an illusion. And you can't buy the Holy Spirit. You can't buy God, can you? All right, I wanted to jump up to, and this is, this is pretty cool because in uh, Acts chapter 10, this is where our ancestry comes into it. When Jesus came, he said, I came for the Jews. When the apostles went out, they hung out primarily right around Jerusalem. They weren't trying to reach the Gentiles until Peter had this vision. God gave him a dream. <laughs> and he said, I want you to eat that that is unclean. And he didn't get it. He was disturbed. God, why would you ask? This is Peter. Remember Peter? Oh, God, you know, I'll never let you die for me. <laughs> Satan, get behind me. Remember that part? This is the same Peter. So he's having this dream, and God's saying, I want you to do something different. I'm going to have a man come to your door, and he's going to take you to their house, and I want you to tell them about my salvation. Okay. But here's the thing, Peter. They're not Jews. They're Gentiles. That's us. Unless you're a Jew. Any Jews in here? Nope. Were you going to raise your hand? We love Jewish people. We love Jewish people. That's God's family. Someday we're going to be together with them. We are. But hear this. Up to this point, the gospel had been secured primarily for the Jewish people. Now God was saying, I got another plan. I have tried to give it to the Jewish people. And a lot of them didn't want it. So I'm going to give it to the Gentile. I'm going to open it up to all men, all women, all boys, all girls. And as Peter preached this message in their house, and it, he went on for a long time. In verse 44, it says, Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. How did they know? The next verse. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. 
How did they know? Verse 46. For they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. That's another thing you can do with your tongues, by the way. I talked about it a little bit. Making a new song, just worshiping Him and the Holy Spirit and singing a new song that God puts on your heart in that heavenly language. You probably want to do that at home on your own. At least at first. But practice it. It it helps. Now that's not it. I've got one more. By the way, did you notice anything different from that one versus when Peter laid hands on the others? He didn't touch them. What does that tell us? Do we have to have hands laid on us to receive the baptism? No. No. It's, it's a point of contact is what it is. It's, it's just a place to put your faith to say, all right, there it is. I'm getting it, whatever. But it doesn't have to be that way. All right, verse nine, chapter 19, Acts 19. So while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. Note that part. What were they? Believers. Believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. All right? So, they were born again, as we understand the definition They'd ask God to forgive them of their sins, but they hadn't heard of the Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, the baptism of John, which was, of course, water baptism. Paul said John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. All right, notice what's happening here. So they had been baptized in the baptism of John. Now they're baptized in Jesus. All right, in the very next verse, then, are they believers yet? Then, when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues, and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. So there are 12 guys here who'd not even heard there was a Holy Spirit. And when the disciple or the apostle laid hands on them, they received it in all his glory. They spoke in tongues and they prophesied. And those are the three examples I'm going to share with you this Sunday as we move into the last part of our service. Receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit. First, you have to cooperate with Him. He will not make you do something you don't want to do. Earlier I said, how many want all that God has for you? This is part of it. You have to cooperate with Him. One of the myths out there is this, this fallacy that I'm going to walk into Myers or Walmart and all of a sudden tongues is just going to come out of my mouth and, and I'm just going to start... That's a myth. The Holy Spirit typically is a gentleman. He will never put you in a place like that. Your will can always control what's happening in your life. He will never go against what you want to see done in your life. And that includes, by the way, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you have determined it isn't for you, then you ain't going to get it. That's how it is. All right? He will never force you to receive all that he has. 
So how do you receive this beautiful gift? And, and I'm kind of leaning now on some of my own experience. Begin to praise Him. The worship team was, was up here playing. Uh, I'm going to have them come up. You can come up now. Go ahead and come up. Get ready to play. It was an evening service, but I really think that if God can move in the evening, He can move in the morning. It doesn't have to be an evening service. I remember the old days, Pentecostal Sundays. Preach the message in the morning, and then at night, man, the gifts just flowed. Well, we don't have evening services anymore, so we're going to have to adjust. Are you okay with this? Like you're going to tell me no. You would. Especially if you're on meds. You need to let the Holy Spirit have control of your tongue. Everything we do in Christendom is by faith. Everything. And this is no exception. And I, I think what I see most of the time when someone has a hard time with this idea of being baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, what I see is their intellect gets in the way. And sometimes it has to do with bad teaching that you've learned prior to, or maybe you've been in other denominations that speak against this idea. Listen, and, and I don't want to, I'm not here to bash anybody. But if that's not clear enough for you, what I just shared, God wants you to have all of Him. And when somebody attributes your speaking in tongues to some demonic thing. And I shared this two weeks ago. They did that to Jesus. And that's the one area that he said, don't blaspheme the Holy Spirit. When God's moving, give him the glory, not the devil. So this isn't something that is demonic. If Jesus said this, nobody... Nobody can curse Jesus if they're born again. And you're not going to do it in the Spirit. In fact, the pure language, again, I'm I'm borrowing from uh, Pastor Morris, but he said this, he said, this is the only language where there are no cuss words. When you're speaking in tongues, there are no cuss words. God's not going to cuss. It's a pure language. So here's the the, the next part of this, all right? Sometimes when you invite the Lord to fill you like this, to baptize you, you you get this unction. I don't know what else to call it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's like, well, I talked about it earlier, the rivers of living waters flowing out of you. It's kind of like that, but it's like coming down here and it just starts to come up and you just feel like God is just all over you or in you or on you or whatever you want to call it. And you can feel it nudging your vocal cords, your tongue a little bit, but you don't know what to do with it. You just got to let loose. And here's what I discovered, because the first time, and I went to the altar, it was a Sunday night. I've shared this before, but I went to the altar and I, I prayed and I wanted to receive it. I wanted it bad. My wife and I, want, we both were hungry for more of God. And I think that's another requirement. You've got to be hungry for more of God. So we went up there and, and they laid hands on me and my knees got shaky when the reverend hit me. Not literally, but when he laid hands on me. But I didn't go out. I didn't, I didn't let it go I, You know what I mean? Sometimes you feel like the Holy Spirit's working on you. And you, you get a little tipsy. But then you, oh, I don't want that to happen. What just happened? I just took over again. 
That's what we do. Oh, whoa, whoa, wait. Whoa, that's too far. So, did I get it that night? Uh Uh-uh. I felt great. And I prayed. I prayed for an hour and a half that night at the altar. And by the way, time, whatever, time is, is, is not the point here. A few weeks went by. I still hadn't gotten it. Man, I, I was like, all right, I'm looking inside. Is there something wrong with me? Why aren't I getting it? Lord, I want you. I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in that tongue that you gave me. I didn't get it. I came home from work. I worked a midnight shift. I came home from work, turned my fan on. I went to get in bed, and I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to spend a few minutes going after him. I'm on my waterbed. I'm rolling back and forth. Lord, I love you. The next thing I know, I felt something rising up, and I just let it go. I didn't get it. What's what's going on? You ever heard a baby start to talk? Is the first thing they say, June? No. It's going to be babbling first. How many have ever learned another language? I mean, in you know, like Spanish or French. Did you immediately become fluent when you started it? No, it takes years. You have to live there to, to sound like them. My point is this. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, I don't know what's going to come out of you. You don't know what's going to come out of you. We don't all get the same language. I'm, I'm certain of that because I've heard some of you praying in the Spirit, and it sounds nothing like mine. We talk different languages in the Spirit, but God knows what it is. In fact, and I, I'm not trying to drag this on, but I know I have at least three languages in me, and they come out at different times, and I don't understand it. Why one, then the other, then the other? But it happens, all right? I'm just sharing my story. But it started with me sounding like an infant. And I just let it go. And I'm not going to stand up here and go, all you need to do is come up here and then start praying, oh, God, give me a Suzuki. Or something like that. Because people do that. No, let the Holy Spirit influence you, fill you. And you're going to know it when it's from Him. Now I'm going to end with this because I want to pray. If you don't get it today, and I'm not trying to set you up for failure, I don't mean that. I just want you to know that, and I've shared this already, it took me three weeks. We had a lady in our ministry years ago who waited 12 years to get the baptism in the Holy Spirit. 12 years. Now I'm not saying that's normal, it's not. Usually it's right away or soon. But you should have seen this gal when she finally received. Oh my. Oh my. She was changed. Father, we we are humbled here today (laughs) to be in your presence. And Lord, you know every person in this room and what you have for them. What I'd love to see is the pastor of the hope here in Gaylord, Michigan is a body of believers who are rocking it for Jesus. But Lord, I know we can't do that in the flesh. We need you. We need the helper. We need the counselor. We need the baptism in the Holy Spirit.
And Lord, it's my prayer today that you would take this message and help us to grow from it. If there's any in this room, Lord, who need to receive this beautiful gift from you, Lord, let this be the day. Pastor Barb, would you come on up? I'd asked her if she would assist me. We've been praying. So assuming that you are born again, and if you're not, let us know that. We'll pray that first. I'd like to invite you up. If you're here today and you would like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, would you come and just give God that chance, that opportunity to fill you today afresh and anew. New things as we started. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. We're not a bystander church here, so if, uh, if you're sitting and you've already received the gift of the Holy Spirit, would you please just extend a hand? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So we're going to sing this song. You guys are going to take us to that next step, that next level. And as they do, we're going to pray. And I would ask, would you please, and if you're on live stream, you don't need to be here. Just ask the Lord right where you're at. Lord, I want all that you have for me. Baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Lord, just fill me afresh and new. If you're born again, if you're not, ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins and make you that new person and then invite him to fill you with his spirit he loves you he loves all of us and that's the point of this gift is that god loves us and he wants to share his all with us
Once again, I just, I want to emphatically say this. It's not about you. It's, it isn't even about getting the tongues. It's about getting more of God, going after the baptizer in the tongues. Right? Yes. So just keep that in mind this week. Spend time with Him. Uh, love Him. Let Him move in your life as only He can. And I'm telling you what, our lives are going to be different as a result. This church is going to be different as a result. And I know many of you are already born again. You're already filled with the Spirit. So here's the next thing. We need to start using our gifts. Because I'm not seeing it. And that means all kinds of things. That means going out. And, and when the Holy Spirit says, Norm, lay hands on that person. They have something that needs attention. Maybe it's a healing. Maybe it's a, 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 a mental thing. Something they're going through at home. Whatever it is, we need to be more sensitive to that. And let God use us. And don't be afraid. That's part of His gift, is a boldness, holy boldness, yes, Lord. to do things we've never done. When Peter went out there, he wasn't that kind of guy before he was filled, but after, man, he was a lion, he was a tiger. And we can be too. It's the same God, the same Spirit. How many are in agreement? Amen. All right, so... Next week, Pastor Barb is going to come back. I'll be here with her. And she's going to share more on the Holy Spirit and what this means for you. Don't miss it. This is building. All right? Father, we thank you again for everybody that was here today. We ask right now, Lord, that you would just surround us with your angels. Keep us safe as we come and go, Lord. Most importantly draw us ever closer to you. Holy Spirit, help us to have the kind of relationship with you that you desire from us. Lord, help us to do things your way. We love you, and Lord, we commit this people, the people of the hope, those online, Lord, into your hands. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming today.